This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. No mai haere mai ki he puna kōrero, a podcast hosted by Goeko Waikato. Uh, we are a voice for the environment, a centre for learning and a catalyst for change. Our team work across four work streams, kai, biodiversity, transport and enterprise. They intersect at climate action and honouring te tiriti as a tau iwi organisation. If you missed last week's podcast, search for Hepuna Korero on your favourite podcast platform or find the podcast tab at the top of the Goeko Waikato Facebook page. Uh, it's awesome to be here today, um, just uh, doing a bit of a fill-in show for Kelly, uh, who's your regular host here on Hepuna Korero, uh, but just wanting to give a bit of an update around the uh, work we're doing with Whakamanaki Rotoroa around the lake. Uh, so we will be talking with uh, Tim Cox, who's been one of the uh, members of an advocacy group that we've been working with for quite some time uh, but we had a hui just last week uh, regarding the lake and uh, what's really exciting is that the City Council has put some uh, money forward investment into working with some water quality experts who are assessing the options in terms of uh, what could be done to improve the lake water quality so that's really exciting um, and they are busy uh, gathering basically all the data that there is around the lake and putting that together uh, for the network uh, so there's a really awesome relationship in, in terms of the sharing of information so gathering all of the information but also looking at some of the uh, strategies or approaches that have been taken elsewhere for other lakes for other urban lakes and bringing that all in to um, you know, a comprehensive picture uh, for us to assess and see what kind of investments could be made into this lake and uh, to generate what kinds of um, potential outcomes as well. So it's really exciting to see the commitment from Hamilton City Council and we know that there are a number of other uh, organisations and particularly um, you know, funding organisations who are also interested in um, what they can do to contribute to bring Lake Rotoroa back to um, it's a, a healthier state, uh, which is really what we want. And one of the, um, you know, Whakamanaki Rotoroa uh, has a real intention around listening to the voices of mana whenua around their aspirations for the lake. And we've actually on this show previously interviewed uh, Wiramu Puke about the lake, and uh, he has shared um, the vision of Nati Wairiri to some level for the lake uh, and the hope to see uh, some of the uh, fish life that was once in the lake um, returned. There was a, I think it's Upukururu, which is the, it was a grayling fish uh, that isn't in the lake anymore but used to be quite prolific. Uh, so there's some hopes that um, there could be some of those fish reintroduced at some point. Apparently they are found in South Australia uh, and just generally um, 
you know, having a more bountiful fish life in the in the um, or native fish life, I should say, in the lake uh, is an aspiration of uh, Ngāti Wairiri um, as mana whenua in that area. So um, exciting times for the lake, but we're just going to go and have a little bit of a, a Q&A with Tim Cox uh, and see what um, some of the issues are that um, uh, the, the lake is faced with um, in regards to water quality in particular. Oh, kia ora, Tim. Thank you so much for joining us. I understand you're out and about at the moment and at Smith & Mackenzie. So kia ora to Smith & Mackenzie for hosting this uh, conversation today. <laughs> um, not that you usually hang out in bars during the middle of the day, but um, that's okay. You've found a quiet place to be. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Happy um, to be here. Happy to be there. And we're talking about the lake, and we've been talking about the lake and working on the lake for quite a few years now. I think since 2014, um, David Menkes kind of approached GoEco and was like, uh, wasn't happy with the, some of the things that were being done to the lake in terms of spraying. And um, and then we created a group called Restore, which is about restoration of the lake. And uh, more recently, that's evolved into being Whakamanaki Rotoroa. Uh, which is a network, a wide network of people and organisations who are uh, committed to uh, restoring and improving the ecology of the lake. Uh, let's say it's got a broader goal now, but the goals do align. Um, but you've been involved since about the beginning uh, because of your water quality uh, expertise. So in terms of that, do you want to just... Give us a, um, a rundown on kind of what some of those water quality issues are. Um, sure. Uh, so the lake is is not a terrible um, lake in terms of water quality in, in this region, but uh, it is an impaired lake, and it's impaired for uh, for a few different reasons. But one is the the nutrient issue, so nitrogen and phosphorus coming in from uh, from the catchment and from uh, even from from the the waterfowl, um, but mostly coming in with the stormwater, so from the, the urban catchment, carrying nutrient loads that um, then get, um, well then then promote and stimulate algae growth in the lake. So it's it's impaired for the growth of algae, and at times that algae can be toxic. We call that uh, blue green algae or cyanobacteria, uh, and that makes it un- unsuitable for uh, even contact. Recreation, uh, secondary contact, paddling, certainly not swimming. Um, it's a concern for dogs uh, going into the water, that sort of thing. So that's, that's one of the, the issues and concerns. Um, another would be uh, the, the E. coli, fecal bacteria uh, that are pathogens. They uh, cause illness, again, with, with any, anyone or, or dog that's ingesting the water with, with high uh, pathogen bacteria counts. Um, that can lead to, to an illness, and and we know that pathogen bacteria is primarily coming from uh, the ducks and the geese, the waterfowl around the lake, and that's that's been something that we've been able to to kind of pretty much verify uh, over the last five years or so um, from a study that regional council led. Uh, so so it's good to know more about that issue. Um, and I guess the third issue with the lake, uh, the third area of concern, might be. Heavy metals um, coming in again with the stormwater runoff from from roads, especially, uh, and then from the use 
historical use of um, herbicides, the arsenic uh, in, in the sediments from not not from anything that is going on right now, but from practices from about you know forty to fifty years ago. So th- those would kind of be the three three areas of concern. Yeah. So that third area, um, I guess, is uh, an issue that a lot of people have heard about, or um, and perhaps it does cause quite a considerable amount of concern in the community. But um, from what the study uh, showed anyway, or my understanding of the study that Regional Council did, uh, it didn't show that the um, those heavy metals were presenting in any of the fish that they sampled uh, at levels that would be harmful to human health, for example. Well, that's what I, I recall um, of yep. those studies. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so just because it's in the sediments um, doesn't mean that it's it's a problem per se, um, but it, it is something, my, in my opinion, to, to keep an eye on. Uh, but but there are, the sampling results, um, at least the recent sampling results, have shown not only is it not a, an issue with uh, bioaccumulation in the fish, but uh, it's not showing up in the water column um, in any significant level of concern. So it's it's bound up in the sediments, it's sequestered, uh, but it's still there, and, and so it's, it's something to keep keep an eye on. Um, so you would recommend some forward. kind of ongoing monitoring program of the sediments, which I'm not sure we actually have a committed <coughs> no. ongoing monitoring program for the sediments, but something like that would be an important, important thing to see. Well, um, with the sediments uh, periodically, but probably more importantly with the water column monitoring, uh, with the, the oh. sampling of the actual water. Yeah. Making sure that it, again, it's not been released um, from the sediments to the water. It's, it's, if it's in the sediments, it's much less of a concern than if it's in the um, if it's dissolved in the water column. Yeah, that's that's what I mean by keeping an eye on it. Yeah. So the ongoing monitoring of the water is an important um, thing, and the recent study or the recent monitoring of the water has shown. Not a worsening situation anyway, right? It's not necessarily getting right. a lot better, but it's not getting any worse. Is that um, what you would say about the water? I, yeah, I think I think that's fair to say. Um, so again, two different, a couple different issues: um, the the pathogen bacteria issue with the, with the the waterfowl is really kind of a hit and miss in terms of the sampling, and it's, it's it varies spatially and it varies in time. So. Um, there, there certainly have been plenty of sample results uh, recently and, and in the past that show really no issue at all. Um, but in certain areas, at certain times, um, it certainly is a, is a problem. And um, but it's it's probably not getting any worse. It's just it's just really a product of the the population and the numbers of of ducks and geese um, with the nutrients and the algae. Uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say that things uh, are not getting worse, um, but they're not getting better. We're not quite where uh, we would want it in terms of uh, being a nice lake to look at. So it affects things like color and clarity and even odor. And then there's that um, that toxic uh, algae, the blue-green algae issue that I, that I mentioned that's still periodically happening. Yeah, and I guess one of the things that I know or the areas of work that you are also involved with is around uh, climate change. And the impacts of climate change and water, and water quality, um, and water availability as well. But in terms of the water quality and uh, a warming um, 
a warmer summer, probably potentially more rain um, at times too, but a a, a warming uh, overall. Uh, how concerned should we be for a potentially worsening situation given climate change? Yeah, it, it, the climate change certainly creates um, more challenges. It exacerbates the, the existing issues because um, things like algae just, just grow more quickly with warmer water, and, and the, the water is getting warmer um, throughout the year. Um, the bacteria spread and grow uh, more rapidly with warmer water, so, so those issues get more challenging um, with the changing climate. And then the other part of it is this intense rainfall that, that we see um, occurring with, with higher frequency. Uh, that's, that's bringing loads into the lake, uh, loads of nutrients that can cause uh, spikes in, in, in algal blooms. Um, and, and the intensity of that rainfall is, is kind of directly tied to the load that it delivers. So, yeah, there's, there's greater challenges for all the water bodies throughout New Zealand and uh, we're not the only ones grappling with that, but um, it's something that that makes action to mitigate these these, these contaminant loads and um, and the water quality issues uh, makes makes that action even more urgent and, and important. So the current um, definition of the water quality in the lake is eutrophic. Is that right? I think it varies between eutrophic and and supertrophic, which is the next level right. of impairment. Yeah. Can you explain that just briefly for those people who have no idea what those words mean, including me? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, got, it's a Greek, uh, Greek origin. I think it, eutrophic literally means well-fed, so it, it refers to the, the algae um, feeding, I mean, sorry, the, the nutrients feeding the algae and, and stimulating oh, it's a growth of, of plants. It, it, just, it just means well-fed, which is not a good thing in terms of water quality. Uh, it's a good thing if you just want to, you know, grow things. Um, uh, but and then so 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 eutrophic is well fed, and then and then you get into super and, and hypertrophic, which just means um, you know well well overfed, too much too much coming in. Um, Lake Taupo is um, mesotrophic to oligotrophic, which is the next categories down in terms of being better so that what you want is is a nice clear um and blue water body so talpo is a a good example of something that's uh not eutrophic it's what we call uh, oligotrophic or mesotrophic i think um much better quality Uh, so not many not many lakes in the waikato would be no but like like topo is the goal is it that's the kind of what we look uh, for. I'm not. No, I'm not suggesting. That. Oh, right. It's, uh, it's a very different catchment. Um, oh. but, uh, just, just as an example of what we're talking about, um, moving, moving towards in that direction is what we want to move towards. But in that direction, no, I, I don't. I don't think we'd ever achieve that. So, sorry. Uh, just again, what's the what's the swimmable um, definition? Not eutrophic. What is it called? Well, that's not swimmable. Uh, oligotrophic. Oligotrophic. Really yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that that's a swimmable poorly lake. Fed. A poorly no, fed lake. No, you, you can swim in a eutrophic lake. The um, so swimmability is, is probably more of uh, an issue in terms of the bacteria and the, the toxic algae 
Ah, uh, um, yeah. Whether you want to swim in a green lake or not is a whole other matter. So that's that's where I think color and clarity come in, and those those come from reducing those nutrients so that it's not so well fed, and um, and then the the algae levels also decline as a result. Right. So with your um, experience of working in, and with our various water um, bodies throughout New Zealand, throughout Aotearoa New Zealand, um, yep. what kind of hope do you hold for achieving a, a swimmable lake in Kirikirirua Hamilton? Um, I, I think it's definitely possible. It's um, Because it's it's not hugely impaired currently. Uh, so I, I think the biggest thing in my mind to address, to, to get it swimmable would be the bacteria um, from the ducks, from the, from the geese. Um, those levels need to come down, at least in the, certain, in the, in the, in the right areas. Um, and, and I think you'd want to address the algae issue, not completely, but, but see some improvements. And, and there are ways of doing that. And, um, I, you know, I work around the world um, and, and urban lakes as well other parts of the world and we've seen other we've seen plenty of examples of, of real significant improvements in, in lake water quality um, from intervention and uh, what we call you know mitigation action and there's no reason that those sort of things couldn't couldn't happen here uh, so I I'm hopeful but it's it's not it's not easy and it's going to cost a little bit uh, maybe a lot um, but as a community resource you know wouldn't it be cool to be able to jump in that lake and maybe bring the slide back and well like and, that. and that's something you can't really put a price on so when we when we think about investing in the lake and um, having outcomes associated with um, enjoyment well-being interaction with a water body that um, brings people happiness I'm just not quite sure how we put a price on that part Right, I agree. So there. Oh, well, um, thank you, Tim, for the time um, today and sharing with us about those um, those details, about the water quality. Um, yeah, and yeah, um, thank you for the work you do to support Whakamanaki Rotoroa. Yeah, no problem.
Oh, kia ora. Welcome back to He Puna Kōrero, and that was the uh, Flock of Hearts by the Phoenix Foundation, which is a New Zealand band. Um, so I just thought that was appropriate to play a New Zealand band when we're talking about uh, something in New Zealand, our, our beautiful lake, Lake Rotoroa, uh, and also interesting to think about a flock of hearts, and that's what we really do need around uh, the lake. Uh, for our lake, we need all of our uh, energy and our commitment uh, to seeing it restored, uh, but we don't need quite so many uh, flocks of birds. So um, I was just thinking about that uh, little connection as well, because as Tim said, there is some issues with the lake in terms of bacteria, uh, and so we just want to address that balance and get a better balance happening uh, for the lake, which would be which would be pretty awesome, uh, especially for our tamariki to be able to once again enjoy that space uh, as their grandparents did. Um, quite likely, it's been a, it's been a few years now since people were able to um, enjoy the lake on a hot summer day. Uh, so, um, in terms of Go Eco, please get um, keep up with our uh, Facebook page. That's where you'll find out a lot a lot about a lot of our activities and what we're up to at the moment. Uh, I just walked out of um, some a busy potting session that was going on at Go Eco, p- potting up a whole lot of seeds uh, for a sale that's coming up. Um, not too distant future to help get your uh, gardens on the way so have a look out for that uh, always a busy space and always a lot going on so Hepuna Kōrero is a podcast hosted by GoEco. We are a not-for-profit environment hub with biodiversity, kai, transport and enterprise projects. You can find out more about on our website, which is goeco.org.nz, or on our social media, which is GoEco Waikato. Uh, and you'll find us at 188 Commerce Street, Frankton, which is the corner of Kenton Commerce Street in Frankton. But please join us again next week for a new episode, but make sure you follow Follow or subscribe to Hipuna Kōrero on your favourite podcast so you don't miss an episode. Kia pai tōra e hōma. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.